This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Very good morning. Jai Shri Krishna Guru. Thank you for joining Guru Charitra, Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend and a good um, Shankranti festival. So let us begin from where we start. Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha Om Shri Saraswataya Namaha Om Shri Guru Dattatre Namaha Om Shri Mahalakshme Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwaraha Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Guru Ve Namaha Shri Guru Charitra Parayan We had finished chapter 5 which was the narration of the story of rather the incarnation of Shri Pad Shri Bandhap Before I begin today's chapter which is chapter 6 and that is about Gokarna Mahabaleshwar I would like to talk about one more incarnation of Lord Dattatreya who is Manik Prabhu which is not mentioned in Guru Charitra so with with his grace and Lord Dattatreya's grace we visited this beautiful and the most holy place um and had a very nice experience about the divine lord himself and i will share this beautiful narration with you so manik prabhu is the fourth incarnation of shri lord dattatreya he was born um to the couple manohar naik and baya devi who were a very pious couple on dattatreya jayanti in december on sorry in 1817 on december 22nd so it was a very beautiful moment because he is the only avatar who was born on the dattatreya jayanti compared to the other uh, compared to the earlier ones so it was very pious and before that lord dattatreya himself had blessed the couple and said that he would be you know being born as their son and then what happened he was born at a house um at ladwanti near bas basava kalyan which is near hamnabad which is in hyderabad so what happens and why do these great incarnations you know manifest on this planet earth the only reason and the most important purpose of their existence is nothing more than imparting the spiritual knowledge establishing rather reestablishing the faith in divine god almighty's even the fact that when we visit these holy places there are two things that happens one is when my guruji touches the feet of these holy lands he reestablishes the divinity back there and removes all the adharma unrighteousness that is prevailing in this world and puts those spiritual aspirants on the path of spirituality that is the only reason why these great beings manifest or they incarnate so let me give you a very small story about how did manik prabhu came into existence and what did he actually do during his time so manik prabhu lost his father at a very early age and grew up under the guardianship of his uncle who was employed with the nawab of basava kalyan at that time and as he grew older his uncle tried to formally get him educated um thinking that education will help manik prabhu to take responsibility of his family life but manik prabhu being manik prabhu he did not want to get formally educated and in turn he would rather you know give up the material worldly existence so what happened 
Little did his uncle know his destiny, what, what is written, right? Nobody understands. We all think that, you know, we want to ensure that all these beings or it, it could be your son, it could be your daughter. We think that we know what is their future is. So we want to, you know, guide them or plan for them. But the divine will is completely different. And this is what is being mentioned. So you cannot plan for anybody or you cannot say that your son or daughter has to become an engineer, a doctor. No, it, it doesn't hold good any longer in today's day and age. Because you need to remember, everybody comes with their own destination. So little did his uncle know that the destiny had a much bigger job cut out for Manik Prabhu and that he was divinely ordained to be a benevolent guardian of the world at large. So what happened was on one day, Manik Prabhu was having a siesta in the afternoon and his uncle got a little angry. So he shouted at Manik Prabhu. He reprimanded him saying, what is this? You're, you know, you're lying and wasting your time. And then that was good enough for Manik, Sri Manik Prabhu to renounce the worldly ties and walk away from the house. See, this is called that moment. When that moment comes, nobody can stop. But it is all a very program. Everything is very, it's already been programmed. How these things happen, nobody knows. But it, it happens at the right moment. And that is why we say it is these, whether you have to renounce it or walk out of the house or whatever that is destined happens at the will of the Lord or the God appointed timing. This is extremely important for you to understand. People think, oh, just because I said so, he walked out. No, no, no. It is already programmed. It is meant to be. But you are only an instrument who is used so that that moment can happen, the trigger can be done. So you are nothing but the tool in the hands of the divine to just perform the act so that the trigger can be pressed on and Manik Prabhu should be renouncing his life at that moment in time, his worldly life. So he walked out and then what did he do? He, he literally traveled all over India, visiting various places and you know, meeting different, different, different saints, sages. He, he visited different lands. He did meditation. He, he did quite a bit. He traveled. I'm not going to go in detail, but you can go to uh, just Google Manik Prabhu. You have a beautiful uh, story given about him, his autobiography. And also in Wikipedia, you can know uh, what Manik Prabhu has done. So he traveled all over India. And then he was, he was all, he also had uh, right from the early uh, age when since his childhood he had powers where he would do he would perform miracles in the sense not just because he wanted to demonstrate but he didn't he would just do that an example one of his friend a childhood friend was bitten by a snake and he was dead Manik Prabhu it is believed that Manik Prabhu revived his uh, friend's life so these are the kind of different acts which was being performed by Manik Prabhu and then so after that, Maharaj visited different places or across India, which were uh, which had very uh, important uh, spiritual significance, and he was assimilating and he was building his knowledge about what is spirituality, and he was on that quest. So this is exactly what every divine master does. And as we proceed along Guru Charitra itself, you will learn that how all these great saints, whether it is Narsimha Saraswati or Sri Pat Sri Vallabh, they all have traversed 
all over India, visiting different holy uh, places, which has a great spiritual significance. And they have done penance, they have done, you know, their sadhana, or they have stayed there for a while, and then they've kept moving on. So this is very important to also uh, tell you that how it is in your lifetime, you must make a visit to some of these holy places. You know why? It will purify you. You will wash away some of your sins. It is extremely important. But it is also believed when you have a real guru, the great divine master himself with you, every pilgrimage is at the lotus feet of the, this great guru. When you worship him, you are worshipping the entire uh, spiritual uh, places of spiritual significance in this universe because everything rests within the guru himself and that is one thing you need to understand so don't think oh uh, you know um, i have to now go and visit of course you need to there's no harm in going and visiting but please remember when you when you have the great master you can experience all these holy pilgrimage, the places of pilgrimage or places of spiritual significance right at the holy feet of your Guruji himself, which is something I can vouch for because I experienced that with my Krishna Guruji. And then what happened? So after wandering for many, many years, Manik Prabhu comes back to a place where he stops his journeys and then he now establishes that place where he want to, uh, for the future generation, make that place as a significant uh, spiritual destination. And that place comes to be known as Manik Prabhu, which is in Hamnabad, rather Manik Nagar, where he lived for the rest of his life before he went into Jeevanta Samadhi. What is Jeevanta Samadhi means? He takes Samadhi, where he... You know, they, there's a place uh, in Manik Nagar. If you Google this, uh, say about Manik Prabhu, you will see the temple. He's literally sitting there and he, there's, a, there's, there's a Samadhi built around him. So he's alive. Where in the sense, he's, he literally took the Jeevanta Samadhi. He didn't die. He didn't leave his body. But he took that Jeevanta Samadhi like Jnaneshwar. And second is Manik Prabhu and there's a third saint of um, South India in Mantralayam whose name is Raghavendra Swami. So all these three great divine beings took a Jeevanta Samadhi. And it is so beautiful. When you enter this place, there is definitely that power that which is indescribable in words. You only have to experience. And one more very important thing that I would like to call out and, and you know give you this understanding is we human beings have uh, rather created a perception because of what we have read, how we have been introduced to uh, what who is God and what spirituality or what religious worship is all about um, to be something, you know, it, it's, it's always in a grandeur, glory, ritualistic and you name it. And we feel that if you have to meet God, God is going to, uh, you know, there's going to be some overwhelming experiences or you're going to feel uh, inundated or you're going to feel um, I don't know what's the right uh, words to describe here. Or you're going to feel something spectacular is going to be there. You know, uh, you're going to see something grand. No. See, this is the misconception which has been created by 
people in this world if because of what we have read what we have learned and how we have been introduced to the concept of god itself but to be to be sharing the truth with you spirituality in spirituality even when you meet god god will appear to you in a very ordinary form he is not going to you know come with a fancy costume and you know how we have all been picturing god as to and see someone paints you know an image of a god he's always painting god with you know who's wearing beautiful jewelry uh, he has certain um, attire which goes with him so if you if you visualize lord shri krishna the first thought comes is he looks blue <laughs> he, you know that's how he's been described he has a peacock feather on his head he has a flute with him so we are looking to experience lord shri krishna in that form why because your mind is already uh, you, you, you know the image of lord shri krishna is imprinted in your mind in that manner but in reality you do you think lord shri krishna is going to come with this you know the costume that you just we just described no not at all he is going to come in a very ordinary form that's exactly what even shripad shri vallabh was talking about he he comes as in a disguise and tests this lady to see if she is going to offer something to the sanyasin or not and at that time if you if you think oh, who is this ordinary human being who is coming in and then you you think he's some ordinary mortal and you don't recognize him then how are you going to get that grace so it's very important this that is why my guruji my krishna guruji will keep saying to us or teaching us that to see god in every being because you don't know when god comes and the lord jesus christ also has said be prepared for you don't know when god comes but in what form are you going to expect him are you expecting him that he's going to come with some fancy dress with with a kind of uh, you know the spectacular image that you have created no he's going to come in the most ordinary form like a normal human being who will not be be recognized or even respected and this is this is what i understood when my guruji visits many of these places people look at him as an ordinary person when i have to tell people look he is my guruji he is krishna guruji he is so and so but yet you know everybody gives him that stare oh is that so but he looks very ordinary he is wearing a jeans pant he doesn't even wear a dhoti dhoti is those um, you know what uh, the traditional outfit in in south india he is not even wearing any of those he doesn't have a janeu you know everybody looks at him like this and they get deceived by his physical appearance and that is called maya so we fall for maya and what is my guruji doing he is only creating illusions see the most important is only those can recognize him who are very truthful in their heart who have a pure heart who are the disciples and the devotees of the lord not anybody else so for which you have to first get that grace to be able to recognize these great divine beings and that is why and i keep telling so don't go by his ordinary human appearances because that is that is put on so that he can deceive the world not deceive i mean what i mean is that is a deception that they create for the world it's it's for the people who want to only see some false appearances but a true seeker will recognize these divine master that is what is important so the reason for me to narrate this and give you a little bit of ex explanation and understanding is that 
God can come to you in any form. So you need to be able to recognize him when he comes. Don't go by his ordinary appearance. Don't go by the way he appears. Don't go by how he speaks, what he does. And that is why this whole in Guru Charitri, you will learn one most important thing is that do not judge anyone. Don't, especially your Guruji. Don't go by what he's portraying to you because that is Maya. And the more you go into that, the more you're going to fall down. So beware. So it was a very interesting experience. So when we went there, you know, my, you know what my Krishna Guruji will do? He will ask people around, oh, who is this great being? Can you give me a little bit explanation? Not that my Guruji is not knowing. He's all knowing. How can he not know who Manik Prabhu is? He of course knows. In fact, uh, very recently, last week, he had met Manik Prabhu and he had a conversation with him. And because see, these are divine beings, they can meet anybody, anybody can come, but they will have this conversation in a subtle, in a subtle form. It's not like physical form that we think, oh, we have to see something. And, and when I asked him, uh, how is it? He's like, yeah, we had a very nice conversation. It is very beautiful to learn. And that time my Krishna Guruji said something. See, the subtlety is something that we cannot describe. You have to be able to experience it yourself. And to experience this truth, you have to evolve. Evolve in the sense you have to go towards that path. You have to go deeper in that bhakti where you are overcoming, you know, your sense, um, how you look overcoming all your sense perceptions means our sense organs are always running outside our senses are running outside the moment we see something we we see the object as is and immediately the mind is creating a judgment it's it's saying whether it is good bad it's already forming its perception so my krishna guruji again taught a very powerful lesson he said why are you seeing anything which means you should only be lost in the divine that is the evolution we need to get to and the more I go deeper, day by day, I realize spirituality is not an easy subject. The You know, people today don't even know S of spiritual and everybody will call themselves, oh, I am a spiritualist. What spiritualist are you? Even today, 12 years, I still feel, oh my God, I am nowhere in life. It's a judgment. But the reason we have to constantly have this thirst and the burning desire is because so we can go deeper, deeper, deeper. Why? Because spirituality is like, limitless ocean it's an athanga sagar how deep do you want to go so to experience these divine beings who live they are even there today within our presence but we can't feel them why because using our senses you cannot experience god using your sense perceptions so for which you have to draw your sense inwards and that is a sadhana we have to do a very deep sadhana and my krishna guru said a very profound lesson he said yeah do you think really spirituality is such an easy subject and people think people want to come into spiritual because they want to get out of this material worldly miseries it's they think it's a it's an escapism i will always use this word because everybody thinks like that and people think there are miracles in spiritual the great masters or the great gods will do miracles please understand only the fake gurus will do miracles the real masters don't do miracles and even in case when they, like sai baba has said the miracles are done only to establish faith not because they have to show who they are or how much power they hold no they only come to establish the faith in god why because that is what is missing today and that is extremely important yesterday also my krishna guruji was teaching the thing that is missing today in this world is goodness 
Everybody is fighting with one another. We cannot see good in anyone. The first thing that we see is how bad someone is. Why? Because our mind is only showing the negative aspect of everybody. So my Krishna Guruji says, and also because we are in the Kali Yuga, that is how the Kali Purusha works. So for us to evolve and become godly, we have to practice seeing good in everybody. So my Krishna Guruji will always ask me, what is the good you can see in someone? Yeah, see, mind comes. So this is the sadhana we have to do, which is means we have to evolve over a period of time where we are able to get to that, where we can only see God in everyone. We can only see the goodness in everyone, which means our sense perception has been drawn inwards. That is what is important. So when we visited in the, you know, the Samadhi of Manik Prabhu, it is very profound, very beautiful experience. And it is also believed that great saints at that time, like Adi Shankaracharya, Sai Baba, um, you know, um, Lord Dattatre himself visited uh, uh, and Akalkot uh, Maharaj, Swami Samarth. All these great beings visited Manik Prabhu and Lord Dattatre had given him her a stick and saying, this is exactly what you need. Now you go towards your path. And that is what Manik Prabhu carries. Today, there is that uh, the stick with them, which they worship. And there is a procession uh, during the Datta Jayantri, which the Pitadipati. So who is this Pitadipati? So Manik Prabhu um, had uh, three siblings. Uh, two brothers and one sister. So these two brothers um, had children. So Manik Prabhu's nephews were anointed as the Patha, uh, Pitadipati, means the head of that, um, pr uh, the, I don't know, son, the, his lineage. Uh, I don't know what is the English word for Pitadipati, somebody who will be responsible and carry forward that lineage. That is what it meant. And then today there is um, um, the Sri Dhyanraj Manik Prabhu Maharaj, who is an elder son of Sri Siddharth Manik Prabhu Maharaj. He is one of the lineages from uh, Manik Prabhu's nephews who has been carried forward this generation. So today he manages, he is the Pitadipati over there. We got an opportunity to meet with him. And that moment, Maharaj, Dhyanraj Maharaj, very nicely, you know, um, Mention, told Krishna Guruji and myself, please have lunch here and go. It is very beautiful. At that time, we experienced Lord Tatatra itself. That is the way we experience divinity. Because wherever we have been so far, Lord Dattatre, one thing that he'll always tell us, have lunch and go. He will never let us go without having the prasad, the offering, the food offering. So that moment, you meet the divinity. So it's not about meet like Manik Prabhu coming in his form. It is that, that subtle uh, message. It's a subtle form which will experience that grace is always there. You will feel that div the divine presence, which is indescribable. You just, you will know when that God is over there, when the Guru is there, when he's saying some things, you will recognize the divinity. That is what is important. So, and, and also the most beautiful thing that was that happened was I asked the Guruji, can you please give us something which is an association with the divine um, Lord Sri Manik Prabhuji? So Dhyanraj Maharaj offered us a shawl, uh, you know, the which they uh, which they adorn the uh, samadhi. So he gave gave us that shawl. It was it was a blessing, something that you just want to carry. Why? Because it's a love. 
there is nothing more than that so this was our experience visiting this holy place of lord dattatre the fourth incarnation of manik prabhu in fact i will be writing about um, him a small story and the experiences in detail and sharing with you uh, in our krishnanos channel go please read about him it is very very nice to know about the great saints and great incarnations who have manifested in our world so with that let us now begin the new chapter gokarna mahabaleshwar chapter 6 this chapter describes the birth of gokarna mahakshetra ravana by the merit of his great penance earns the atmalinga from lord shiva how the atmalinga happened to get grounded at gokarna is described in this chapter namdarak prayed to siddha yogi to tell him about the gokarna mahatmyam he said it must have had great significance as it was a place chosen by shripad shivallabh in preference to all other holy places in bharat for his sojourn and stay siddha yogi began the narration of the birth of gokarna Atma, atmalinga as originally related by lord ganesha in the most ancient times in the treta yuga there was a great brahman sage pulatsya in the kingdom of lanka his wife's name was kaikashi they had a son named ravana who was the ruler of the kingdom ravana had 10 heads and 20 arms and he was usually unusually mighty and strong kaikashi was a great devotee of lord shankara and she offered worship to shivlinga every morning she would not take food until she finished her worship for her worship she would find a new and original shivlinga every day if she failed to if she failed in finding a new shivlinga she would fast for the day and for that day she would prepare a mrittika linga the linga form molded out of clay and would do her worship for it worship to it one day as kaikashi did not get an original shivlinga she was doing her worship to a mitrika linga and sorry mitrika linga which she had prepared ravana saw this and felt in his pride and conceived that it did not befit her the mother of a mighty person like him to have to do worship to a mere mitrika linga instead of the original shivlinga he said he would bring down the kailash itself along with shankara into lanka for his mother's worship ah see what happens pride so when you have pride you cannot have god and also please remember even the demons worship the gods and you know if you go and read all the beautiful stories in our mythology i wouldn't say mythology in from our puranas what you will find is that all all the demons will ask for a boon and our gods are very kind especially lord shiv ji and he's he goes by the name bolenath means he's very innocent he's very compassionate he will give boons he will grant boons left right straight center to anybody who ask him for boons and then you know after then what happens these demons will come to destroy lord shiv ji himself and then shiv ji will go to vishnu and then vishnu will come and then sort this whole thing out and in this story also there's something similar he does but see these are all leelas these are all plays which is so beautiful why because they are giving us the story the spiritual significance the stories about the truth the divine lord might lord almighty and what is that we need to do as a human being as a very godly being and how we need to always be 
evolving on the path of truth, dharma and spiritual righteousness. It is very important. Spiritual wheel is what you have to care about and you have to only go on the path of sattva. That is goodness. You cannot become any tamasic or demonic. The reason why these stories are so important is because this body has both you know, godly propensities and demonic dispositions. So what is that you want to become is left to you. The choice rests with you alone. Nobody else can decide for you. Like my Krishna Guruji will always say, I give everybody the choice. I'll say what is good in it and what is bad in it. But it is for you to make the right decision. What is that you want to choose at the end of the day? And based on that is how the destiny will have open up. In the sense, the path will open up. See, your end destination is already predefined. There is no escapism from that. But how do you journey that path purely depends on the choice you make or the choice you take in your life. So always take the choice which is leading you to the path of truth alone and not your downwards. You know, putting you back on the path of material worldly existence. So be careful about it. He said he would bring down the Kailash itself along with Shankara into Lanka for his mother's worship. He made a vow to this effect and set out for Kailash. Reaching there, he tried to pull out the Kailash mountain for taking it to Lanka. The mountain began to totter. The Devganas and even Goddess Parvati were being tossed about. Even the heavens and netherworlds became shaky and extremely panicky. Goddess Parvati asked Shiva what was happening and Shankara told her that Ravana, the son of his great devotee Kaikashi, was trying to pull out the Kailash to take it away to Lanka for his mother's worship. He said that Ravana was a great devotee of his and hence he was refraining from doing anything in the matter. But with further pleadings of Parvati, Shankara intervened and pressed down merely with the toe of his right foot which nearly crushed Ravana under the mountain. Ravana realized his folly and started praying to Shankara for his mercy and grace. In his rich musical voice, he began singing Sam Vedic hymns in the praise of the Lord. Can you believe even the demons know Sam Veda? Oh my God. <laughs> he undertook penance. He made a new musical instrument, Yantra Kar... Yantra Kar... Karkamalika Rudravina with his head veins and nerves and started playing on it a rich and enrapturing music to please the Lord. Oh my God, what is this? With his head veins and nerves and started playing on it a rich and enrapturing music to please the Lord. Okay, this is something I want to come back to you about and explain what is the spiritual significance of this means, okay? But we'll continue with the story now. And now, and started playing on it a rich and enrapturing music to please the Lord. He was cutting off his heads and offering as sacrifice in oblation to the Lord. It was a penance unprecedented and never undertaken by anyone even before. Yeah, it, it appears very weird. and But there must be a spiritual significance. There is a spiritual truth. Let me come back. I'll understand myself and come back to you to give you an explanation. What does this mean? 
Shankara was very much moved by the devotion and austerities of Ravana. He appeared before Ravana and told him that he would give him whatever boon he would wish for. Ravana prayed he wanted Kailash itself for his mother's worship. Shankara said that it was an impossible wish, but he would instead give him his Atmalinga, which is the divine core of the Lord Shiva himself. He said the Atmalinga embodied in itself the highest divinity and whoever worshipped it for just three years would himself become almost like Shankara. He, however, warned and cautioned that the Linga should not touch the ground till it reached Lanka and was enshrined there. You know, sometimes how can you let a demon or somebody who is with pride and haughty-headed can have the Atma Linga of Lord Shivji? That is not going to be possible. So let us see what the gods plan now. What do they plot to save this calamity from happening? Ravana was elated at winning the Atma Linga. But all the gods were frightened because the new power which Ravana won through the possession of the Atmalinga would make him the mightiest person and unconquerable even by gods and unconquerable even by the trinity. There is a problem. What happens when power comes? It gets to your head. You become haughty, you become arrogant and you become egoistic and greed comes and lust strikes. Then what happens? You misuse the power. See, this is another very important lesson. Like my Krishna Guruji will always teach that every position, those who are in the power have been given the position so that you can do good in this world, not exploit that position or the power. Power is not there so that you can use for your own personal benefits or for selfish motives or for even so for trying to destroy somebody. Somebody who is good, somebody who is nice. You can't destroy people or misuse that position and the power. Power is never given for that purpose. And this is a very interesting example where when Ravana, though being a demon, when he gets the power, what happens? He will then misuse it against the gods. The same thing happens in this world as well. See, there is no different representation from this uh, the world that we are living in or the, the stories that we are ta- learning about the di- divinities as well. The demons and gods, what do they depict? They are depicting our own life. And if you look at today, there are many leaders in the position, but they are exploiting the power. That is not why the God had given them the position or the power. And know that since it is Kali Yuga, that is inevitable. But, <coughs> sorry for that. But if you are someone who is a devotee of the divine, you will never go on the path of Adharma. You are not you're going to use that power to exploit someone for your own, you know, uh, material worldly benefits. You will never do that. And one very important thing which my Krishna Guruji will teach us all is always to walk the path of righteousness, which means we don't give bribe, we don't speak lies. We will only say the good things. We will only do good service. We are not going to do anything bad. No harm is caused to anybody. That is what we all live in. We will never take something that is not ours. Rightfully ours. You will pay taxes. You will will go by everything that is legal. 
we don't do anything that is unethical or illegal in our life this is these are the principles on which my krishna guruji lives he imparts those knowledge to us it is about being disciplined it is about being our good self and following some of the most important you know teachings that he is teaching us and that is what we live and breathe why do we have to do this most important he sets an example my, our my guruji i'm very proud that i am learning under from my guruji you know why because my krishna guruji has stood it never taken anything from anybody he has never asked for money never has even he not say that you have to give him a guru dakshina he he will give everything selflessly and yet people will you know the sad part is people don't appreciate they don't understand what he does for others he wears himself out for everybody's karma sins and suffers yet he'll not say anything he only keep doing good alone and to me that is what i learned that is what we are learning at krishna ashram those who are learning from him it is our duty it becomes our duty to live the lessons of what my guruji has taught us why because we represent him those who have the privilege to listen to this knowledge we must adhere to those teachings and learn and live it's very important see it's very easy to fall down but it's very difficult to rise to become godly so we have to practice and that is why he keeps saying we have to control our mind control our anger control our arrogance everything has to be controlled it has to be subdued and surrendered and once you evolve on the path then it will all go away with the guru's grace you know you all these vrittis the tendencies you will be able to overcome you will become a desireless being you will be able to go towards renunciation renunciation doesn't mean you will leave this world and become a sanyasi no you have to live like a lotus leaf which means the material world is untouched you will do all your duties in detachment yet nothing is going to touch you like lord shri krishna that is what we have to practice and to practice that it's not so easy we have to evolve we have to do the sadhana it's very difficult to control your mind your mind is going to keep coming it's going to give you all the doubts and most important see what happens uh, there's another very profound lesson which my krishna guruji explained in das bodh and uddhav gita you must go listen um, not last week the previous week so you have to go listen and in that he talks about when we do, like how we eat impacts our body similarly our thoughts also determine who we become now and not just physically you know mentally but also physically so if you are going to have bitterness ill feeling you know you are doing all the wrong things that is also genetically modifying our in internal being which means we going to become that then we attract disease all the wrong things we attract we can never be healthy hale and hearty in this world so it's not just what you eat it also matters how you live how good you are so you have to always have a good thoughts you have to only have love in your heart for everybody we should not have this ill will we should not have this feeling of bitterness see those things are something you have to overcome with the strength of the spiritual knowledge which you are getting it is not easy but you have to do it practice it can only happen through sadhana and self effort the grace of the guruji is always with you but you have to put the self effort and that is why my krishna guruji will you know repeat the same lesson million billion trillion times sometimes i find it hard you know how do you manage to i'll just ask him how do you manage doing the same thing it's the same lesson you're giving but why doesn't it enter our being why because our mind is so strong we have been tuned like that 
because this is kali yuga but if he like he he believes some day that knowledge will enter it will hit us and then we will transform from within that is why he continues to pursue and he keeps repeating the same thing that is a turn that is the job of the great divine beings the gurus that is why they manifest to put you back on the path of dharma and it is for you to walk that path nobody else can do it for you except you yourself so what is that you are thinking good or bad about the good thoughts determine how you become so even you know when you don't have good thoughts your your body is attracting all sorts of um, you know negativities so what does it do it 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 causes you to get more diseases you're men- you're not just mentally ill you're physically also ill you're going towards that and that is why today if you look at the world everybody is sick the one industry which is thriving is the healthcare industry they are making all big money and you're making them rich why because you're falling sick everybody is sick it's just there is no sickness sickness is mind's creation that is why we say it determines how you live so eating in moderation eating a holistic meal and please don't go run about this diet and giving up your food habits and food habits play a very important role you have to go listen to my krishna guruji satsang it is extremely important don't try and adapt to what today this you know all these material worldly people they they'll tell you you have to eat this intermittent diets and what nonsensical stuff they talk about don't fall prey to all of that your body has been given to you in a certain way you have to maintain it you are used to eating certain food right from your child so continue eating the same food in moderation that is all is required and stay healthy most important stay healthy and hearty with your mind it is the power of your mind that you can become anything who you want that is why lord buddha says your thoughts determine who you become so have good thoughts think only about god then you'll become godly but if you're thinking everything evil um, having avarice envy jealousy what is that you're going to become you're exactly going to become that both mentally and physically sick person and nobody wants to be with you and that is why today if you see everybody is at each other's door the goodness is gone out of the window there is no love for you know um, human beings we are all only we have become very selfish people only i me myself is what we are doing we have to open up we have to live this words we have to selflessly serve this universe and see god in everybody that is the reason why this great divine beings manifest to put back dharma in order and remove adharma and destroy the demonic people that is what will happen that is the reason for why the lord continues to manifest and also establish the divine the divinity back in this universe because people move away from believing in god they lose faith in god so coming back suravana so had already subdued and enslaved the five elements and the navagrahas now his pride and power would have no bounds and restraints see can you believe his pride and power what does it tell you so never have pride and power just because you have some power you don't need to have pride because with pride comes ego arrogance and then what happens you try to misuse that power you cannot do that and that is why the gods are afraid so what happens to them the gods started shuddering in fright and prayed to lord vishnu to save them and the worlds from the impending doom 
Lord Vishnu approached Ganesha and together with Narada, they planned out how to deprive Ravana of the Atmalinga. The plan was that Vishnu would create an artificial dusk by covering the orb of sun with his Sudarshana Chakra. Ravana would then break his journey whenever he be to perform his Sayam Sandhya, that is Sandhya Vandan. Ganesha would then appear there as a rustic boy. Ravana would request Ganesha to hold the Atmalinga in his hands till Ravana would finish his Sandhya Vandana. Narada would then appear there and draw Ravana into conversation and delay the latter in completing his Sandhya Vandana. In the meanwhile, Ganesha would ground the Atmalinga. Oh my God, how beautifully they have plot. But see, all this is leading to a very beautiful spiritual truth. There is a purpose. That is why we call everything is a Leela. Everything has a profound spiritual significance. And if not for this, uh, this incident or this event happening, how would Gokarna Mahabaleshwar come into existence? Oh my God. Have you ever been to Gokarna? If you have not, you must visit. Why? Because Sripad Srivallab had been there for three years and had did his penance. So this must be a very holy place because that is the Atmalinga of Shivji himself. And it's believed that if you worship there for three years, you become Lord Shiva himself. So in the meanwhile, Ganesha would ground the Atmalinga. Ravana was still midday, sorry, Ravana was still midway to Lanka, proudly carrying the Atmalinga. The sun suddenly dimmed down due to the contrivance of Vishnu and giving the impression that it was already nearing dusk. Ravana was a meticulous observer of the daily rituals and therefore was keen on doing his Sandhya Vandana before sunset was over. But what to do with the Shivalinga while doing the Sandhya Vandana? Shiva told him that it should not be kept on the ground till he reached Lanka. So while he was in this dilemma, there appeared nearby a shepherd boy and that is nobody other than Ganesha playing around and who looked so guileless and innocent. It was Lord Ganesha himself in that guise. Ravana called out to the boy and pleaded with him to hold the Shivlinga for him till he finished his evening oblations to the sun deity. The boy pretended that he was in a hurry to get back home as it was getting dark. On Ravana's further pleading, the boy said the Shivlinga seemed to be too heavy for him. And anyway, he would hold it, but Ravana should return soon. He said, if you delay, I shall lay it on the ground and go away. He added, however, I shall call out to you thrice before putting it on the ground and leaving. Ravana, placing the Shivlinga in the hands of the boy, hurried to the river. There he was accosted by Narada. See, perfectly plotted. <laughs> who went on contemplating. Uh, sorry, who went on complimenting and congratulating him for winning the Atma Linga, which is the most powerful Linga in the whole world. He said, it will make you the mightiest person in the world and you will forever rule over the gods. Narada thus delayed Ravana, engaging him in conversation. Before Ravana could finish his Sandhya Vandana, he heard the boy calling out to him. Ravana took it easy, but nevertheless completed the Sandhya Vandana fast and hurried back. Lo, by the time he reached back, the boy had already grounded the Shivlinga. Ravana was furious with the boy, but the boy pleaded, it was too heavy for me. 
I called out for you thrice. As you did not return, I couldn't help laying it on the ground. Ravana tried with all his might to pull out the Shivlinga. The more he pulled, the more firmly it was getting stuck in the ground. However, with the pull of Ravana, the Linga got twisted and elongated into the shape of a cow's ear. That is why the place is Go Karna. Go means cow, Karna means go, cow's ear. As it withstood the mighty strength of Ravana, the Shivlinga came to be known as Gokarna Mahabaleshwar. The place also came to be called Gokarna Mahabaleshwar and is deemed most holy as the Shivlinga was installed there by Lord Ganesha, the foremost of the deities and furthermore the installation was done at the instance of Lord Vishnu himself. <coughs> It is said that Ravana did the severest of penances at this place only and attained all the boons from Lord Shiva. All the gods also are said to have done great penances at this holy place. So Gokarna Mahabaleshwar becomes one of the very, very holy place because it is Lord Shiva's Atmalinga. And I think it is about 11 feet tall. Um, but today you can't uh, see it because it's completely gone underground. You can only touch the surface. So, if you have not visited, you must visit this very beautiful place. Um, I had, we had the privilege of visiting it twice and we touched, you can just touch it, the only surface, you can't see it actually, it's because it's literally gone inside. So, this is the spiritual significance of <clears throat> why it is important that you always have to respect what is being said to you. When, when Lord, see here, Lord Shivji very nicely said to Ravana, you cannot ask for more Kailash. Kailash is not that you can possess. So here it also talks about possession. We cannot possess the divine. The divinity or God belongs to everybody. You cannot own him or you cannot possess him. You can only serve him with love. You can, you can, you know, take care of him. You can express everything that you want in goodness. But see, God is universal. God is for everybody. This entire universe belongs to the divine and the divine Lord Almighty also belongs to the entire universe. Belongs in the sense nobody can possess. Possession is not accepted in the world of spirituality or in the, in the divinity's world. You cannot possess or you cannot own. And then what happens? You are asking for power. Power that which will lead you to conquer the gods. No, you cannot do that again. And that is what it's talking about. Every time there is a dharma, the Lord himself will come to establish the dharma back. You try as you might, you want. But you cannot get away with it. His universe works magic. But it might not be at that time. And see, you need to also understand the way of put, you know, removing you from your power also means he will give you so much more power and strength and money and everything that you're, you, you will forget about how arrogant you have become. And then your mind will be completely deluded and you will start using um, all your powers, I mean, misusing all your powers and destroying the, the goodness in this world. So when you do that, then your downfall is sure. Please remember this. You cannot use your power for anything wrong. Anything that is going to dis you know, disturb the goodness and harmony in this world. But today that is why it is happening. There is so much adharma that is going on. And more so because it is Kali Yuga. So every, it's not just in this life, right? Ravana had been in the past. 
This is during Sri Ram's period. And that time what has happened to Ram? He was also, sorry, Sri Ram, Sri Ram had to kill Ravana. What does that tell you? That tells you that we have to kill our pride and power. We think we are no, we are some great being. No, the only way you can attain godliness is through humility and humbleness. This is the moral of this Guru Charitra. In this, what it teaches is you have to overcome. Who kills? See here also who plotted Lord Vishnu. And who kills Ravana? Sri Ram. And who is this Ravana? Ten-headed monster. Anger, ego, pride, arrogance. That is who Ravana represents. And who is he kidnapping? The body, Sita. What does that mean? He, we are getting lost in the material world. Our sense organs and senses are running outward. This body is running outside. Whereas the divine Lord is within us. He is telling, come back to me. But Sita is being kidnapped by Ravana. This whole material worldly existence. And also with all our tendencies, evil propensities. So Sri Ram fights Ravana, kills, destroys Ravana and brings back Sita. Which means you have to come back, you have to go inwards. You have to go towards attaining the divine. This is the adhyatmic truth. And if you look at everything in this, it is spiritual significance is what is being explained. But these events tell you how the holy places were established. There was a leela performed so that that divinity can be established. So, so that that place becomes a place of spiritual growth for those Truly, who want to be devoted to the Lord or the particular God and then, you know, come and do their sadhana, go on pilgrimage so that they can evolve on their path of spirituality. This is the truth about these holy places. So it is extremely important how you understand and what you want to become. So never let your mind become egoistic, arrogant or tell you you are some great God Almighty. Which means it is only leading you to your downfall. Always be humble. Be full of goodness. Be full of love. That is what will make you evolve on the path of spirituality. And this whole Guru Charitra is only talking about how do you attain that Guru Bhakti. What are the pitfalls you should avoid on the path of spirituality. What happens to a devotee? He gets pride, you know, pride comes. Ravana believes, no, he's the greatest devotee of Shivji and he has attained the Atmalinga. Then what happens after attaining Atmalinga? You're actually misusing that. So the gods doesn't want that Atmalinga to go to the demon. It has to be for the welfare of everybody. It's like that. So you need to understand the well-being. So please remember, in this, I've touched upon many, many aspects of spiritual truth. One is about Guru Bhakti, how you treat your divine being. When the Guru comes, the God manifests in the form of the Guru. When the when you meet the real master, the real God Almighty, you need to be able to recognize him. Don't go by these false portrayals. That is not the God. God will never come in that form at all. Please remember, it is very beautifully explained in every scripture. They come in the most ordinary form. So you need to have the grace to, you know, recognize them so seek for that grace and then we have to evolve on the path of spiritual wheel while living in this world performing all our duties as ordained by the divine lord almighty and doing our swadharma the purpose of our existence in this human body with that 
I end today with this chapter. I hope you enjoyed the lessons. I will come back to you on what does this Rudra Veena mean? We will cover that in tomorrow's satsang. Tomorrow the satsang is in the evening. I need to be doing slightly earlier, which is half an hour earlier from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. because I have some office work. So I will have to advance it by 30 minutes. I hope that's okay and you will be able to join. And today we also learnt about the fourth incarnation of Lord Dathatri. I'm going to be writing about him and I have something more to talk to you about the where did this Guru Charitra originated some the place. So that's a beautiful story I will share with you maybe tomorrow or in our later satsangs. Okay. So it is said that Ramana did the severest of the penances at this place only and attained all the boons from Lord Shiva. Yeah, I finished this. The power of this place has been described in detail in the Skanda Purana. So thus ends the sixth chapter of Sri Guru Charitra describing how the Atmalinga of Shiva found its habitation at Gokarna and made it one of the holiest spots in the land. Glory to the all-merciful, the omnipresent and the ever-responsive Gurunath. So wishing you all a very happy Monday. Have a wonderful day again. Thank you for joining Guru Charitra Parayan. Om Shri Mahaganapate Namaha, Om Shri Gurudev Datta, Om Shri Sachidananda Sadguru Sainath Maharaj Ki Jai, Om Namo Bhagavade Vasudevaya, Digambara Digambara, Shri Pad Vallabha Digambara, Om Shri Krishna Guru Nathanatha, Shri Guruve Namaha, Om Devi Durgaya Namaha, Om Shri Krishna Arpanam Namastu, Krishnam Vande Jagat Gurum.